Welcome to GOB with Christy and Kathy, where we talk about writing, reading, and life in between. I'm Christy in South Florida. I'm Kathy in South Dakota. We're two newbie writers who share our love of food, wine, and crime fiction. We have interviews with best-selling and award-winning authors on our Corks and Conversation episodes. And don't forget our Words in Progress episodes where we have fun writing lessons with writing experts. Join us for today's episode. Welcome to Corks and Conversation with Sean Riley Simmons. I have been looking forward to talking to her about her book, Murder on a Silver Platter. All the things we love, food, Mm -hmm. wine, and mystery. I know. Actually, this is the first in a series, so this is going to be really fun. And I'm wishing we were all together, as always, but based upon her red carpet catering mysteries... I'm thinking we would have had a pretty good spread. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I think so too. And I we also, <laughs> I also noticed on uh, one of her bios that she was a wine consultant and a caterer in her former life. So I'm mm. pretty sure you're right. Um, yeah. But anyway, let's talk a little bit more about this author. Sean Riley Simmons is the author of seven novels in the Red Carpet Catering Mystery series and of over twenty short stories. Sean's stories have appeared in the Malice Domestic, Best New England Crime Stories, BoucherCon, Crime Writers Association, Writers Police Academy, we know that, right, Kathy? Mm-hmm. And Writers Crushing COVID-19 <laughs> Anthologies, which I gotta get. Sean's short story, The Last Word, won the Agatha for the best short story, and she also won the Anthony Award as co-editor of the anthology in which it appeared, Malice Domestic 14 Mystery Most Edible. (laughs) In addition to writing, Sean also serves on the board of Malice Domestic and is managing editor at Level Best Books. She is a member of Sisters in Crime, Mystery Writers of America, the International Thriller Writers, and the Crime Writers Association in the UK. She lives in historic downtown Frederick, Maryland with her husband, son, and French bulldog, Dino. (laughs) Sean, it is so good to be talking with you today. Well, thank you so much for having me. um, I'm just thrilled to be here. It's so great. So we were talking about the wine, as we always do before we get started. We always ask people what they like, and we are so thankful that you like a red. (laughs) Of course. You tend toward the red, and so we kind of... um, talked about a little bit. So we chose the Bogle Cabernet. I got my Christmas glass too. Oh, oh. I see that. You're so festive. So organized. <laughs> okay. First so thing I take, get out. <laughs> you guys take a little sip and I'll read the tasting notes. Okay. okay? So this um, Bogle Cabernet is barrel aged in American oak for 14 months. Uh, the tasting notes are cherries, plums, dark chocolate and spicy oak. Now I've never heard about spicy oak. That's a first. I can taste it. It's a little spice at the end, right? Mm -hmm. I really, I think this is a very, very tasty, you know, and I, I know I must've had it one time before, but I don't remember, but now I, I think I'm going to remember. This is, I think this is a really nice drinkable um, Cabernet. What do you think, Sean? I like it. I like the, uh, the warm spicy notes Mm that you were saying. I think they kind of land on the back of the palate and yeah. I like a wine that stays with me after I put the glass down. Because some of (laughs) you table wines, it's sort of like, eh, it's freaking juicy water kind of. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I like a little something. And it's kind of festive because it does remind me of little holidays, though. I did serve it. I did happen to serve this um, at our Thanksgiving table also, by the way. (gasps) Oh, cool. 
So I, I've drank quite a bit of this already. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good. Good choice. Yeah. You can tell I used to do this for a living, right? I can talk about a bottle of wine for five minutes. If someone buys a case for me, that's what I used to have to do for all day long. So I could talk about it. I w- worked for a distributor and we handled um, maybe 400 labels of wine. Wow. Oh, wow. And wineries from all over. And um, I would just, I had my territory here in town and I would just go to restaurants and country clubs and golf courses, anyone that had a wine list or bottles of wine somewhere. And we, I would just have my little carrying case with my tasting stuff, the things I was really supposed to be pushing that month and sit and talk about wine and drink wine all day long. So that sounds that's horrible. I feel that's terrible yeah, for that's, you. That's awful. I'm so yeah. sorry. <laughs> it's really t- Someone's got to do it. I know. Right. It just sounds exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, so let's get into the other reason we're here besides the wine is your book series and your writing. Christy and I have with us today the first in your series, Murder on a Silver Platter. But you have seven in the series. Yes. Which is great because I just finished this. So now I get to find out more about Penelope. <laughs> For about Penelope Sutherland. So she's your protagonist and she has this red carpet catering company. And so all of the books in the series are set on different movie sets, which is brilliant mm-hmm. because it literally allows you to go to different locales and obviously all the characters. And so I was so curious when you were coming up with this concept for your cozy, did Penelope appear to you first or did the catering appear or the movie? How did, how did it all come about? Well, thank you. That's, that's again, thank you so much for having me. And thank you for the questions. <laughs> But um, I'd always, I love traditional mysteries, kind of grew up on Agatha Christie, and I had so many culinary mysteries, or just idols that I loved, like Catherine Hall Page, is one of my favorite writers of all time. And um, Luckily, I'm lucky to count her a friend. In, wow. She was, she was so excited that she, I was writing culinary mystery with a caterer, because she is a caterer. Oh. Okay, so I have to say, I when I first read this and saw the catering, and the, you're a short story writer, it reminded me of Diane Mott Davidson, because mm-hmm. she also writes a series and she has been a short story writer as well. So I'm a huge fan of hers. So yeah, yeah, me too. I was always inspired by these, um, these writers and these kind of books. And I just love anything to do with food and drinking and movies. Um, it's just my thing. So when it's time for me to sit down to write a novel, I said, well, what, you know, what's going to be my unique sort of take on the thing on the, uh, on the, on the subgenre of culinary traditional mysteries. And I'd had that experience. Uh, I'd had experience with my sister cooking on movie sets. And I thought, well, I've never seen that before. So yeah. that was what I did. So I said, well, you know, this could be kind of fun because I had worked on a few sets and I'd seen the things that go on behind the scenes. And the cool thing about that I think is a bit different and my little clever take on it was a traditional mystery is usually center around a small town or a community and then the murders keep happening and it's, you know, the postman or whoever, whoever right. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like, oh my gosh, Jessica Fletcher's all her, all her neighbors have been murderers <laughs> or dead. Yeah. Murder capital of the world is, you know, Cabot Cove. So, but a film set is, is like a community and, you know, they pick up and move to wherever they're going, but I cooked for three months. Usually it's three or four months you're working on set and, um, I would just observe people walking around and there's, there's actors and famous people, but there's also accountants and carpenters and guys that are moving this stuff around and, and any hairdressers, like any number of people that would be in a community. And there's 300 of us or so. And then we just pick up and move our community to the next place. And I said that was really interesting. And we literally walk in and build sets and build buildings and then have to tear them down and move on. And um, I thought, well, there's my community, you know, yeah. this, this is not exactly, um, 
book related, but I am wondering, um, when do the caterers on uh, like your sister's company, do they kind of and tend to move with like the producer or the director, like to their different sets, or are they just like random? Do they tend to see the same people, just different actors and things or? The, the way she usually works, she worked for, she worked in New York City and LA um, for the same company and they, she just, wherever they were, um, they were getting so many bids, they just sort of took the ne- the best gig that came next. So but they, wow. she was with a larger company. So you see their name on movies still. Um, oh, okay. And um, that's how that worked. But I think there are smaller catering companies that sort of bid. They bid for a local job that comes in and they might follow um, a crew around or a film set around. So the one I worked on full time was here in the D.C. area in Georgetown. And several of the crew on the catering crew, there were six of us and four of the guys were from L.A. And they had been in Maryland because they worked on um, Wedding Crashers right before before our movie. (laughs) So they were like, we just got done. We wrapped it because they did a lot of the they did some of the filming on the Eastern shore of Maryland. So they were down oh, yeah, there. Yeah, I, I remember that. So the company said, well, are your next, I think they tried to coordinate them where they wouldn't have to drive all the way back to LA and then back out again. So they found a job for them next. And that was our job in Georgetown. So cool. that's how that sort of worked. But it was, you know, they were, they were tired. They hadn't been home in a long time, but yeah. it's not, it's not really a job that you have. If you have, you know, small children at home or you want to see your, if you don't like your significant other, it's perfect. <laughs> Well, it makes for a great, it makes for a great, like you said, set for a, for a mystery because it can change all the time. That's great. Well, and not to mention that the whole cast of literal characters that, you know, arrive with each. So that's just brilliant. I love it. Yep. And Penelope is really a fun character. And I just think I'd like to have a glass of wine with her. Yeah. She seems like, you know, a little bit together (laughs) around a bunch of crazy actors, right? Yeah. (laughs) So, and you know, the thing that is coming out now, I think everybody's talking about how cozies are really, really coming to the forefront in the crime fiction and mystery Mm -hmm. genre. Probably, maybe, I don't know, because of the pandemic and everybody just wants something that's not as crazy as real life. Um, have you noticed anything along those lines in your writing and sales and all that? Actually, um, I have. And I think a lot of it is for the, the reasons that you say, because it is um, the one thing you get when you pick up a traditional mystery is, you know, there's going to be a pretty horrendous crime, but it's going to be, you're just going to be hearing about it. You don't have to sit through it and witness it. So mm-hmm. you're going to be outraged enough to want to follow the amateur sleuth and try to solve the crime. Nothing too terrible is going to be happening. And then there will be justice served in the end. And yeah. it's, it's not for like an open-ended, and then they got away, you know. It's always, yeah. Like, yeah. Or a <laughs> noir so one where everybody right. dies in the end, right? <laughs> yeah, everything is awful. Yeah, yeah. we get but enough they, of that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it's sort of reminiscent of the golden age of mystery writing back in the 30s, but between the two wars, where there, were, there was just this huge resurgence of, you know, the Agatha Christie and people like that. Because they, people wanted comfort and justice. And that's mm-hmm. why I think the phenomenon is still, it's still in play. And, you know, there's even TV shows that, you know, you just, I don't want to watch anything really super bleak at the moment, if you know what no. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to no. be like comforted and I want to know that there's going to be mm-hmm. some, I don't need it to be tied up in a complete bow, but I want it to be, yeah. there's some justice served in the end. Uh, exactly. I just read um, something about how many additional Hallmark and, and the other channels that are doing those Christmas comforting movies this year how many more there are this year than there have been in years previous because there's such a demand for that 
I mean, obviously there is always the holidays, but just in general, I think that's what people are looking for is that happy ending, that comfort. And it's, it's, uh, it's nice to be able to look at your screen or read a book for a few hours and get that. And Uh, yeah, since we've got seven that are perfect for you here. (laughs) (laughs) And hopefully inspire you to eat some more fun stuff. Yeah. yeah. I like, I like a, I like a culinary mystery because I like the food just so much. And I, the first kind of traditional um, mysteries that I ever got into were culinary ones too. So I, I totally can get into that for a long time. <laughs> yeah, you know, they're fun. Definitely. They are. Okay. So this is about midway where we usually ask always actually ask the authors we get to talk to a question in the bottle. It's a random question that you might get to at the end of a bottle, bottom of a bottle, I should say. Mm-hmm. If you don't like it, you can say pass. Oh, okay. No one ever has no pressure. I'm just saying, Sean, yeah. no one. But, ever if, but if you say pass, we're just going to pick another one. Okay. I'm good. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm a, just kidding. I'm they're not that bad. Okay. Yeah. There's some of them are. Yeah. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> so what is your favorite way to waste time? Oh, Ooh, that's a good one. That's a good one for <laughs> me. Cause I have no time to waste. <laughs> <laughs> you are a busy person. I was going to say, oh my goodness. I've had people email me like, are you okay? <laughs> are you okay? I think you, you have too alive? much to do. Yeah, you have too much. Um, waste time. Well, I don't feel like, um, I can't say reading or watching a movie because I feel like those are time well spent and it's never a waste because for me, they're always inspiring. Right. So I can't say that. I will in the summer sit outside and just read. Well, I'm reading. So that's not, <laughs> anyway. But I will like, I do like to sit outside and, and listen to music and drink wine on my back patio. Okay. Well, that's good. And that's, yeah, that's not, re- like that's it's, a, it's, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I never waste, yeah, I never waste time. So I'm always actively doing something, but it's a, for me to relax. It's a nice place yes. for me to relax. Yeah. Yes. Listen to some music and chill and drink some wine and eat. That is a hard question because honestly, I think people should waste time a little bit, you know? Yeah. I'm not very good at that. <laughs> Yeah, Kathy, you're not either. I'm yeah, not. I'm but... terrible at it. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't like downtime that much, actually. I mean, like you yeah. said, like I'm, if I'm reading, I feel like I'm doing something productive. Yeah. Drinking wine, yeah. productive again. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. I mean, I guess I am a little bit that way, but at the same time, yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people are in this world, but I think probably we all should waste a little more time. We should. <laughs> well, you have it, um, I have it on, I have it on my, I have a list of goals that I keep on my desk because, you know, I'm type and that's my type. But um, I do have like work in more just nothing time, you know, more relaxing mm-hmm. time yeah. or meditation time. Even yeah. meditation is not waiting. <laughs> I know. That's what I'm saying. It's like you make the time to do this. Like it, but in spirits. a certain aspect of things, people would say that was wasting time because it wasn't towards their job or whatever. But I think it's a good waste of time. Yeah. You know? So yeah. anyway, that was a crazy question. <laughs> There's no such thing as wasting time. Exactly. <laughs> I, I call foul on the questions. You can give me right. another one. Right. Let's go back. Take that one out of that bottle. <laughs> All right. Here you go. Uh, okay. How about this? If you had intro music, what song would it be and why? Uh, they, I actually, this is, this happened to me in real life. <laughs> so what? I, had to, I, I was doing a, a, a reading at a bar. Uh, I, I was doing more at the bar. Oh, one yeah. of the North oh yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah. Back when we just used to do things. Yeah. And uh, they, the one in DC, it was at some shady bar in DC, and they said, everyone gets the songs, we had a DJ. <laughs> and I was like, oh no, I'm put on the spot, what am I going to say? So I chose I Love Rock and Roll because I am pretty much a rock, I'm a rock 
I'm a very much <laughs> rock and roll at heart person. Um, but then I thought, ah, oh, I should have put, I should have picked Painted Black by the Rolling Stones because that was a noir. <laughs> that was a noir thing. <laughs> but I, that would be, that's the that's first thing I would do in my head because that was what I, what I did. But I think that's yeah. a pretty good answer. I'd, I'd call that for a win. Okay. <laughs> so, I there you love go. rock. No, I'm not going to sing. You guys okay, know. I don't think sing. that's yeah, me. Ever. Yeah. Don't sing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I'm picturing it. And yeah. if we could, you know, that's a pretty awesome anthem actually to walk into. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, my best, my best friend has a t-shirt that says, what would Joan Jett do? So that's sort of like how we roll. Oh, I love that. Yep. Yeah. That's great. All right. So Kathy and I, we met at Sleuth Fest and we would meet at conferences throughout the year after we met kind of our way of meeting up and we, you know, started the blog and the podcast. And um, we've really missed that since the pandemic, but I saw that you, you're on the board of Malice Domestic and we haven't quite made it to that one yet. So we kind of wondered, hey, what's it all about and how did you guys handle the pandemic and what's going on moving forward? Yeah, Malice is uh, where I met all my mystery friends. So I've been involved with them for about 20 years now. Oh, wow. And it is a, yeah, I'm the baby still too. <laughs> on board. Um, maybe. Um, so yeah, so we, it's a traditional mystery convention conference and it's a fan based convention. So it's not a place to go to learn how to write or find an agent or that kind of stuff. So it's more like a Bowser con type. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it's, so we celebrate the traditional mystery. We give out the Agatha award Ag named mm -hmm. for Agatha Christie and we've been doing it for a long time. So this going in, we're going into our 34th wow. Um, oh, wow. in the spring and I've been there about 20. So 20 of them. Wow. And it's fun. We like we just do panels and signings and get-togethers, and everyone meets at the bar, and we have a great time. And it's right there in D.C. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's in North Bethesda, so mm -hmm. metro distance from D.C. If you, right. if you if you so choose to go there, yes. Um, <laughs> I like Baltimore. Um, I, used to, I used to work in D.C. and I went to college around there, so I'm I'm just joking. But it can be yeah. a tough town. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a tough time to find cool people, I guess is what I would say sometimes. Yeah. Oh, I just offended a bunch of people. Sorry. No. no, no. <laughs> uh, so that's what Malice is. And so the last two years to follow up the second part of your question, we had to cancel two years ago. And I remember it was around this time of year and people were talking about canceling. And I'm like, what? That's crazy. It's going to be fine. You know, yeah. spring. and that was not the case. So we had to cancel it and we just didn't have now we're all zoomed out like everybody knows zoom and everything and that was sort of at the beginning of everything because mm -hmm. march april and we hadn't you know we figured maybe there was something we could do but we just couldn't put it together at that stage like yeah. it was it was only a few weeks before so our convention happens a couple weeks after left post prime mm -hmm. and i don't know if you remember but they had to send they brought people there and then they sent them home oh, during the first no, day i didn't realize that yeah. yeah so that's how close ours was so we didn't we were still everyone was still thinking it was going to be fine mm -hmm. so it was not fine no. So we canceled, we canceled it. And, um, but our community is so supportive. Most people didn't ask for their money back. They just rolled it forward. Oh, to, that's so nice. Yeah. So that was yeah. to what would have been last year, which this year, which did not happen either. But in place of this time, a full year later, we were like, okay, we had seen BatcherCon online and we'd seen a few other things happening. So we put together a program called More Than Malice because we didn't just want to have like our normal thing online. Like eh. we wanted to try yeah. to do something different. And plus we were, asking people to roll their money forward again again so we went ahead and went out we outreached to the community and we brought in much different a bigger giant audience of, of writers that had never been there before we just invited them to come and be with us hang out with us for a weekend and it turned out to be a really successful event and um it was great 
So oh, good. now we're rolling into the next spring. And I, every day I watch the news, I'm like, oh my God, please let us have Valentine's. <laughs> it's coming up. I bet you, yeah, saw the recent news and you're like, no. Mm-hmm. I know. I yeah. know. Sleuth Fest, they keep moving it too, mm-hmm. you know, because the same reason, you know, we, we don't want to lose our money, but at the same time, we got to start planning. Mm-hmm. So I think we're actually going to do it in the summer. Yeah. Which is good for people coming, but it is a hot time down here. Oh, yeah. But it's so cold in the hotels anyway. And then go to the beach, right? Jump in the pool. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think everyone's just doing the best they can, mm-hmm. making the best decision they can. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it just, it's so, so hard. So we're fingers so. crossed. Yeah. On that note, you started a podcast during the pandemic. Also, speaking of being busy, in addition to your main gig, your writing gig, yeah. and she edits yeah right <laughs> um, like well i have a couple extra hours a week what am i gonna do now let me do yeah, this film. <laughs> oh no you get a new puppy and that fills that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's when i get the emails are you okay are you yeah. anything? <laughs> so your podcast is five compelling questions with sean tell us about it yeah well i'm the odd extrovert in the community i love people i love being it probably <laughs> why i've been putting together malice for 20 years i just want to see my friends and i just mm. miss everyone and you know, I'm the first one that walks into a room of strangers and I've met five friends by, when I leave and that's just me. <laughs> We're so, going to follow her around at the next conference. Yeah, in person. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll, I will start walking through the hotel lobby and I never make it to the other side because I stop and talk to They're like, hey, I haven't seen you all year. You know, that kind of thing. So, oh, yeah. You are a good extrovert to be around. <laughs> yeah. So I missed everyone and I thought, well, this could be fun. And um, I just went ahead and did it. I was approached. I had been asked by um, another podcaster a couple years earlier, if I would do a show with her and um, then all this happened, we just never put it together, but she kept encouraging me. She said, Oh, you'd be, you know, you should do it. It's fun. You know, you should try it. So I tried it and then it's, it's been good. So now I have, we, I do a lot of level best authors have come on the authors that I've already worked with, but now mm-hmm. I'm getting requests from just friends that um, books out or something. So yeah, it's been great. So this is the first year I've done it. And I think I'll have 35 episodes by, by the end of the year. Wow. That's a lot. Well, yeah. good. Yeah, it's been fun. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, I am, I am curious. Um, I love talking about how to get things done and productivity, and um, I'm curious how you do fit it all in. Level best podcast, your own writing, and I, we're also both very curious what you're working on now. I'm always working on something. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I get up early and I stay up late, and I just try to cram it all in. And I oh, try wow. not. I try to stay ahead of the pack. But um, I I find if I write early in the morning, I get most done because it's quiet mm-hmm. and then you know i have a young son who's in middle school i get him up to go to school and then i sort of the, the phone starts going at that point and you know oh quick question i'm like oh they're never quick any of these no, questions they're right. they're all, they're <laughs> quick. whenever i see quick question I'm like this is gonna take forever yeah. so i deal with those and then um i work on malice i work on level best and do whatever we need to do but i do have um i now have an assistant Ooh, that's great yeah, we've hired some staff at the at Level Best, so that is great. We have a couple of editors working for us and dedicated to their things that I used to have to do, so that's perfect. So we're very excited about that. And then I have a new puppy. <laughs> and then I, have, <laughs> I have a husband. I bake dinner. Um, I go to the gym. I go. I do shopping. I clean the house. Yeah. So productivity wise, I think I'm just like that's why I, I can't. I don't can't and fathom wasting time because it's you know. I would just sit and read or just sit and meditate or something. Yeah. But, right. So Which are great. Yeah. Yeah. But I do like, I do like keeping busy. And I, when people would say my friends was like, I'm bored. I'm like, I don't, I don't even know what that is. Like, what, yeah. <laughs> what do you mean Neither. you're bored? Pick up a book. <laughs> right. <laughs> Here, I've got some things for you to do. Yeah. <laughs> I'm bored. Yeah. <laughs> 
So talk to us about, um, is there a writing project in the, in the future, number eight, or are we, that's something different? Yes. Well, you did ask me that and I forgot to answer it. It was a loaded question. That's okay. Yeah. We're drinking <laughs> wine. Cheers. I Cheers. <laughs> I go off on tangents quite often. That's why I was a good salesperson. Like, I never tell you about that time I was down in Napa and we did this. By the time you're done, they're like, okay, we'll buy a case. We'll buy it. <laughs> I'll buy a case if you just get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, nobody ever said that to my face. No. Right? <laughs> um, so I, I, I'm working on a lot of short stories. I've been invited to write short stories for several different anthologies, and I'm working on those now. I do have an eighth book in the series that is finished. My publisher decided not to continue the series after number seven, and they, but they decided not to continue anyone's series at all at <laughs> their publishing house. So I will probably have the eighth book somewhere else eventually. Mm-hmm. So, but I'm not sure what they're up to. I don't know. I think it's pandemic related. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. or they may, they may just say, Hey, sir, turn it in. I'm not sure. So that's what's going on with that. And I'm working on a standalone um, novel that's a domestic suspense, a little bit different for Ooh. me. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, but nothing too crazy scary. Just a little more. Yeah, a little more. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure there'll be food in it, so you know, because I can't get away from it. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah, those are the best. Yeah. I forgot I was going to ask you something when we were when you were talking about oh the short stories and stuff because I I do like to write short stories. Yeah. So I'm wondering, like, do you always have like a short story going? Do you do them like separate or like as a warm up to get you started on the novel? How I've always approached how they sort of work their way into my writing career is that it was for me, when you write a series of series characters through seven books, you're sort of married to those people and their situations. And when you write traditional mysteries, there's, you know, there's a framework that you work within and, and you can't suddenly have someone, you know, become a drug drug addict or something like that so you know i guess you could but it wouldn't be your fans wouldn't be happy so the short stories for me were a place to get like get a little weird get a little darker Mm -hmm. stretch try to write a thriller you know different little Mm -hmm. scenarios so that was where that was for me it was really fun Mm. so i used to refer to them as a palate cleanser it was really fun fun way to like related right you know i get it yeah yeah Yeah. so that's how i always but the very first thing that i ever had published was a short story and um, so, and I thought, cause I wrote short stories in college and um, for class and I just never understood how that could be a career for someone. I thought, mm-hmm. oh, well, obviously being a novelist is what you want to do if you want to be a writer. But right. my, my professor in my sophomore year of college pulled me aside and said, I, I think you're ready to write a novel right now. Oh, wow. And I thought I'm 19, I'm working two jobs, putting myself through school, I'm working in a bar all night. You know, I'm like, where am I supposed to find the time to do this? Yeah. Um, but I was never forgot that encouragement. She loved my stories and she thought oh, I, good. I, at that time should expand it. So I did, you wow. know, eventually. But the first short, first, uh, I hadn't written a story since college, really, because I've been working and stuff. And I sent one into, I saw an open call and I said, oh, I had a funny idea for a story. I thought it'd be just funny. And I sent it in and they loved it. And that was very encouraging. So that was my very first published thing. Wow. And then my, my novels came out the following year. So. Wow. Yeah, that's great. That's how that went. So I've, I've been asked to judge. I, last year, I judged the short story competition for the Scottish Writers Association. And cool. I've judged a lot of different thoughts. So now I'm almost becoming more known for a short story <laughs> so it's like, or both. But, you know, it's kind of like, yeah. oh, she's a short story lady. She knows about those things. <laughs> All right. So the next lady. time you have some downtime, just email me and I'll send you a short story to look at. <laughs> awesome. Be like, oh, yeah, I have nothing to do. <laughs> right. I, just, I was asked last, was last week or two weeks ago to write a piece of flash fiction, and I'd never done that before. 
Oh. And I was always fascinated by that. And I thought, okay, I'll give it a try. So like eight, eight of us got together and are doing this uh, every week. They're releasing one. And I, they said, who wants to go first? I'm like, oh, me, I'll go first. So I don't have to be judged against anybody yeah. else. So I'll take the leap. I'll do the first one. And they, I thought it was really fun. And I got a lot of good feedback from it. So that was. So what words. is that? Like you, oh, so you do it like in a time frame or something? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. She gave us a, a 50 words and then she gave us three words that had to be used. And then the, the overall theme was despair. So, I'm right about, you know, creating a scene that invokes despair in 50 words is, you know, it's a cool exercise. Yeah, that does sound fun. Yeah. That's really neat. Yeah. Yeah. It makes you think about the economy of words. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's the Mm -hmm. thing. And and then requiring three words in there, that's what would, Mm -hmm. do you put those in at the beginning or do you put them at the end? Well, I did one each sentence. I did three sentences. That's about 50 words. And I just Mm -hmm. put one in each sentence and that's how I did it. I cheated. I just spread them out. I think everyone should do one of those every so like every quarter, just choose pick pick a challenge like that. You know, mm-hmm. more often you can fit it in your schedule because it really helps it, it makes you stronger when you go back to yeah. the novel. I think it's really yeah. important. Good advice. That, that good would advice. probably be our next question and that's good advice. But I guess we do have to wrap it up. Oh. We always have this question for our mysterious foodies out there. Which of your characters would you like to share a meal with and what would it be? Ooh. Oh, that's a tough one. I love all of them. I mean, <laughs> I have to be Penelope. Um, mm-hmm. We have the most in common. I was going to say, know? what? Yeah, it has to be. Yeah, I do love her. She's got a good head on her shoulders. I like What I like the most about her is she's so loyal. She's very loyal. Mm-hmm. She, she has very mm-hmm. strong convictions, and she works hard, and she, you know, her friends mean the world to her, and that's, I think she's a good person. She yeah. makes a lot of mistakes, and she has to So what are, you gonna, what are you guys going to eat together? Oh, what are mm-hmm. we going to eat? Mm. And who's going to cook? Yeah. She's going to cook because she's younger and has her own catering <laughs> company. Well, you could go to a restaurant if you wanted, but yeah. she'd probably rather cook for you. Yeah, I like restaurants, but I like then I like to go home and try to make what I had so I can make it better and healthier. Mm. Probably, I'm just going to say lobster ravioli because I just bought, I'm just, that's on my list this week to make. So I'm going to make lobster ravioli this week. Oh, we'll have that. Good. My dog like, how long does it take to drive to, um, like to Frederick, Maryland from here? <laughs> <laughs> or like 20 hours. Yeah. Yeah. A I've done it before, but I'll stop halfway. <laughs> Love that. Okay. That so, halfway. Sean, if our <laughs> listeners have more questions about you and how to reach you, what's the best way to find you? I'm online at SeanRadleySimmons.com. And that sort of spreads you out to all my social media and stuff's on there. But generally, it's Sean R. Simmons. But like I said, all that's on there. And I do have a monthly newsletter that goes out. And I have like 12,000 people signed up for it. But I do send a recipe when I send those out. That's Ooh. why they signed up. Yeah. Well, we've got recipes in ours, too. That's why I was like, gonna, oh, can I get that ravioli one? <laughs> yeah. Yay. Yay. Love that. Love that. That's you wonderful. Guys are, you guys are so fun. Well, oh, thanks. thanks. I, I could do this all night. I know. It was a fun conversation. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And we're so happy you you joined us. Thank you. I know. Yeah, I, I guess wasn't we, sure, we, I wasn't sure how it worked. I still have wine in my glass. So I thought you had to talk. Oh, so we better enough. we better do a cheers <laughs> now. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> Thanks for joining us for today's episode. Subscribe to our podcast on our website, gameofbookspodcast.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you liked what you heard, you can give us a five-star rating or review. You can also subscribe on YouTube where you can watch and listen. On gameofbookspodcast.com, you can find all the information about what we talked about on this episode. And you can sign up for our newsletter, 
and enter our fun contests and giveaways. We also post our stories and links on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Hope to see you there. I can guarantee you that we had fun today. And we hope you did too. Cheers. Cheers.